0: in this week's episode yes i think i was 38 okay if I remember. Oh. I, thir- 36 or 38 millimoles which would be let's say 36 which would be about 650 milligrams per deciliter Ooh. yeah which is like horrendous but before we get into that everything you hear on the insulin podcast is from my own personal experience and if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes Please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the InSalong Podcast. I hope you are well. Hope the week is treating you well. And I'm here with Graham. I feel like Yo. Why do Graham, why do I feel like every time me and you do another podcast, I feel
1: as if we haven't done one in ages? When was the last one we did? I actually can't remember. Because we've had a few good guests on Recently, but oh, uh, mind frames, mindset frames. That was about two weeks ago, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Too long. Two weeks ago. Too long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How are you? So I'm good. I'm actually in the middle of doing a bit of a deep clean of the apartment today. I set today aside to get some recordings done and to do a deep clean of the apartment. So I was cleaning the oven just before I uh, I chatted with you, Owen, here. So that is the the fancy life of a podcast producer. <laughs> yeah. I, there was a time, Owen, where me and you used to go out in the town and paint the town red and mm-hmm. be out for all hours. Now uh, our lives are a lot more different. There was a time where we used to be out for days, days straight. You yeah. would ahead. come to my dingy apartment on a Friday and not go home till uh, Sunday. <laughs> good, good times. An absolute hell for the following <laughs> week.
0: Anyway, when it, 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 it's funny, and this is just another perfect example of how something so simple in your life can be made uh, that bit more complicated when you live with diabetes because... I and I know it's not cleaning my house but historically anytime I used to clean my car I would go low and it was like I'm just trying to clean my car every time I go low and it'll be really really frustrating right and basically it was because anytime I was cleaning the cleaning the car I was opening the doors and taking out the mats and slapping them off the wall and cleaning them and hoovering and essentially deep cleaning my car. So there was yeah. a- an element of movement involved. And because I never treated it as exercise. Yeah, that makes sense. It I didn't make any adjustments to insulin or food prior. So I could potentially have eaten a meal, taken my normal, uh, normal amount of insulin, started cleaning the car, rigorously cleaning the car, and that insulin on board used to always pull me low so i i came i came to the conclusion that any time i was cleaning the car or any time i was like cleaning anything that involved some amount of movement i would almost treat it as exercise i would almost look at saying right i'm cleaning the car in 2 hours i'm going to try and make sure i have reduced my insulin or not taken any insulin to avoid going low so That's a bit of a side note that came to mind when you told me you were cleaning your car. So enjoy how simple it is for you to clean your
1: oven today without worrying about (laughs) blood sugar. It can always get you, even when you least expect it. Diabetes can just creep up on you. Actually,
0: speaking of you not having diabetes, but also blood sugar, being relevant to somebody who doesn't have diabetes let's put it that way niall who is yeah. one of the one of the coaches that we have inside the type 1 percent program i was speaking to him on wednesday and he was telling me he because he does a lot of like coaching classes spin classes and these kinds of things and basically long story short one of the people who does his spin class isn't diabetic but basically okay. wore a cgm for like, a, I think a two week period or something just to see, I think he had a free trial of some CGM. Anyway, to see what his blood sugars did during different types of exercise and during different types of food. Okay. This is mad. I yeah. I didn't even know this would happen to the extent that it, that it did. But long story short, was wearing a CGM and was testing out all these different types of foods, but also was eating as he would just normally eat. And he ate, what was it, porridge oats and a pizza. And his blood sugar went up to 14 millimoles, which is really high. But how long did it it, it take for it it, it to come down? Now, it came back down, I think, within 30, 40, 60 minutes. But I wouldn't have even thought, now I've spoken to, People before who have worn a CGM, generally like higher level athletes where they're trying to make a percentage difference to whatever they might be doing. But even with those spikes, they hadn't gone up to 14. The highest they would go up to is like 8, 9, 10. I'm still fingers,
1: two fingers crossed, hoping you get diabetes sometime. I would love to do something like that someday to do a test and slap a CGM on me just to kind of, and if we kind of went about the same day at the same foods and monitored our graphs. Does any CGM companies out there want to send me a CGM? That'd be great. Thanks.
0: I think, there's there's people around the world that need them a bit more than you. But yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. yes. <laughs>
0: it, would, That's it would so true. It would certainly be an interesting uh, experiment. If we did essentially the exact same yeah. thing, ate the same thing, we should actually do something like that. Even if we just finger prick
1: so we don't waste a good CGM yeah. on you. Thing is though, I, I will be lifting a lot more weight in the gym than you won't. So mm, it's true. not really a fair <laughs> mm, I could be I it's could not be a, a fair <laughs> experiment. One more thing, and this is Oh,
0: go on, go on. This is is completely irrelevant to any part of the podcast, but it's just something I haven't heard before. And it literally just happened to me. So that's why it's just come to mind. So I, I was walking the dog like 15 minutes ago and I was leaving the building and there was this Amazon or just some delivery guy coming in and he was holding the door for me as I was walking out. So I said, thanks very much. And just ended up speaking to him for like 30 seconds. And when I left, I said, have a good day, as I normally do to most people. I say, have a good day. And he goes, you have a better one, sir. And I was like, I've, nice. never, I've never heard that. One. I've never heard somebody say, you have a better one. Um, so it was an interesting. So as I said, completely irrelevant to the podcast, but a reminder to be friendly to people. That's the reminder. So that's your, your reminder to be friendly to people this week. Anyway, go on, Graham. I digress.
1: It doesn't cost anything to be friendly. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go. We haven't done one of these episodes in a long time. A few of them have backed up. You're sending in your emails to the gmail.com. It can be questions. It can be observations. It can be absolutely anything. And we try to read as many as we can as the weeks go by and the episodes go by, we are in the 180s now of episodes. Who would have thought it nearly four years ago that we'd be still ploughing on and getting stronger than ever. Insane. But w- will we kick off with a email from Veronica? Now, it's a long one. So uh, sit back, get a coffee and I'll read it to you. And Owen, if at any point you want me to stop and you want to talk about something Veronica says... Be my guest. Put up your hand and I'll spot you in the video. All right. Yes, sir. My favorite part of of these types of episodes.
0: Firstly, I, I love the fact that people email in. But I think my favorite part is the fact that you are incapable of reading through an email without stumbling on your words. Like it can't be done. And I think I remember we we, even on the earlier episodes when we used to do these quite, quite frequently, (laughs) you you would read through every email and it would take you about 10 minutes, but you just edit it. So it sounded as if you had done it seamlessly. So I'm looking forward to this long one and I'm not going to allow you to
1: edit this so The way you say it is the way you read it, right? Okay. Here we go. No editing. This is going to be as is. Uh, I had a coffee there now and my mouth is dry. Uh. Yeah, we're we're already looking at the excuses. All right. Veronica goes, hello, Owen. I felt compelled to write you an email. My name is Veronica and I'm a type one diabetic and I have been type one for drum roll four months today. Mm. I came across your podcast. Past one day as I was scrolling through Instagram. I was not sure what I was looking for at first, but since my diagnosis, I've gone through so many emotions in these short months that I was just looking for something relatable. I initially began doing some research, suggested to me by a dietician on insulin pumps, and one thing led to another, and I came across your Instagram page. Bracket, I do not think I am quite ready for an insulin pump. Pump. <laughs> Not a pup, not an insulin pup, an insulin pump at the moment. Up until then, I could not really describe what I was feeling. I'm currently seeing a therapist and while she is very helpful, I felt like I was not able to describe how I was feeling. And then I began listening to your podcasts. I'm not quite caught up with on all your episodes, but the ones I have heard have really made an impact on me. I'm learning that each person has a story of how they were diagnosed and I just feel the need to share mine. I don't recall having the exact same symptoms and maybe I was just in denial of there being something wrong with me, but I was having digestive problems. I ended up feeling really nauseous for hours and took myself to the ER for the second time in one day. I was released the first time because by the time I was seen by the doctor, I was feeling fine. The second time I went in, he ended up doing a full workup, and as I waited for hours alone, worried, he then returned and said bluntly, "You have diabetes." He said I needed to see a specialist as soon as I could, gave me a handout about type 2 diabetes, and sent me on my way. I remember feeling so numb and trying to wrap my head around the whole idea of it. I'm not new to knowing about I am not new to knowing about diabetes because I work in Optomat Optomat <laughs> ophthalmology clinic. Therefore, I constantly see firsthand the complications that uncontrolled diabetes cause to a person's eyes. I ended up going back to the ER because my nausea had returned and I was finally given insulin and told that my sugars were 439 and my A1C was 11.5%. Bracket, I knew exactly what all this meant because it is part of my job to ask patients about their A1C. 439, on. Can you do the calculations? Yeah, I'll do a quick one. What would that be? So 439
0: milligrams per deciliter divided by 18 is the milliliters or millimoles, I should say, Um, which is 24.3, which is very, very high. Oh, wow. When I hear a number like 25, well, 24-ish millimoles or 439 milligrams per deciliter, I feel it because... It's just such a horrible feeling to be up that high, and particularly, mm. specifically around your diagnosis itself. Generally speaking, you're gonna be up at that height for a longer or a prolonged period of time, and it's just oh, it's, oh, it's just a horrible feeling. So when I hear blood sugar that is that high or an A one C that's that high, yeah. it's um yeah not a pleasant thought. Can you remember what you were when you were diagnosed? Yes. I think I was 38. Okay. If I remember. Oh. I, thir, 36 or 38 millimoles, which would be, let's say 36, which would be about 650 milligrams per deciliter. Ooh. Yeah. Which is like horrendous. But I think back to, wow. and I don't want to interrupt Veronica's fantastic email, but when I think back of when I was diagnosed, like... I just felt horrific because it would have been essentially weeks, if not like a couple of months lead up to me officially being diagnosed where my blood sugar was just steadily increasing, 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 increasing. increasing. And my energy almost in a parallel sense, decreasing, 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 dec- 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 and also weight just like yeah. falling
1: off me. So I just felt as I'm sure anybody listening right now, felt horrific. So there I was, it was the week of my birthday. I turned 41 and I was trying to regain my strength and learn how to take care of myself. I remember feeling ashamed and like I'd let myself down, wondering where I went wrong and how I brought this upon myself. It It does not run in my immediate family, but I have been told it could be somewhere in my family history. I saw a primary care physician, and after two blood tests, after not really knowing what type one was, it was determined that I would be treated as a type one idiopathic. My pancreas still produces insulin, but it is very weak. You can only imagine the emotional roller coaster that I've been going through. Your podcast has helped me tremendously. Where I do not feel as alone, and how all my emotions and exhaustion, both physically and mentally, are normal. It has been an uphill. Ha- it has been an uphill battle so far, but I am not giving up. I had my three month checkup. My sugars have been ninety two percent in range, and my A one C is six point nine percent. Oh wow, unreal! Thanks. I still struggle every day and my dietitian tells me not to be so hard on myself. She says, I'm still in kindergarten in the most loving way. <laughs> I feel very fortunate to have a great team helping me out, but I feel even more fortunate to have come across your podcast. I particularly like how you end some episodes in a positive way by asking your guests what they want to thank diabetes for. I myself am not able to answer that question yet, mostly because I'm still angry about it every so often. Does that ever go away? Question mark i like to believe that by continuing to listen to your podcast, I, might be, I may be able to figure out what I want to thank my diabetes for. I'm sure you receive hundreds of emails a day, so I'm sorry for my long one, but I wanted to thank you for making such a beautiful and inspiring platform for people like me. Once again, thank you. Best, Veronica C. Wow. What an email.
0: What an email. Veronica, yeah. thank you so much for that email. Um, on a personal note, it's just amazing to hear, particularly particularly the last part around the impact that the podcast has had, because that's obviously the purpose of the podcast. And I always just find it fascinating to, to hear an email like that because essentially we just started this podcast. I was speaking into a microphone in my attic. You were speaking into a microphone in your shared house at the time. Not that we've turned into absolute superstars. That's not what I'm saying. But the the impact that essentially just sharing my perspective and getting other people to share their perspective as guests, it's amazing to see that it does have such an impact. So Veronica, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. And I know there was a couple rhetorical questions in that email, but <clears throat> I'm going to address them as if they weren't rhetorical. Veronica asked, does it ever go away that you kind of have an anger towards it? In my opinion, not fully. And I am like 100% fully accepting of the fact that I have type 1 diabetes. Like there's not an ounce of me that doesn't accept that. And I've gotten past the period where I kind of compared myself to how I used to be. I've gotten past... the the stage where I'm comparing how my life is to how how my life used to be, where I didn't have to take insulin. I didn't have to check my blood sugar. I didn't have to consider, am I going to go high or low when I do X thing? I'm completely and utterly past that stage. But in my opinion, there's always an element of anger from time to time not daily, but there will be a time, whether it be monthly, yearly, whatever, where you are angry at it. Because, and much like Veronica said in her email, it is, and I've said it before, it is more mental and emotional than physical, in my opinion. And part of that is getting angry about it from time to time, getting upset about it from time to time, being frustrated by it from time to time. And that's just, re- that really is just part of the condition. And being fully accepting and acknowledging that fact in advance is a vital part of it because it's something that you live with every single day. So of course it's got, it's of course it's going to test your patience. Of course it's going to, frustrate you. Of course, it's going to make you angry and upset every now and then, but that's just part of the condition. So Veronica, I hope you're keeping very well. I hope the podcast is still serving you very well. And if you need anything, let me know.
1: So thank you. We do uh, another quick one. Definitely. I feel like it's going to be hard to top that one. Well, step up, Bob. Bob's a little bit shorter, (laughs) but some good info in there from Bob. The subject line is expiry. says, uh, hello, Owen. I've been listening to your podcast every day for the last 30 days. Unreal. Thank you, Bob. I've been aware of you for a few years, but just started enjoying your podcast. So I was taking tons of short acting humalog after a meal today. And I'm like, it's not coming down. 30 units later, I googled insulin expiration. And stumbled upon For All Family and remember the ads on your show. I've been diabetic since 2014, but only got my A1C down to a reasonable 7.2 in 2022. Thank you for everything you do. Truly love the podcast and the way you and your guest tackled you and your guests tackle tough topics. I am the first diabetic in my entire extended family, 100 or so people. It was hard because I was also the first college athlete and pride of myself mm. in sports and the type 1 diagnosis came out of nowhere after losing 30 pounds in a month i'm better now lifting and exercising and about 212 all the best and thanks to the podcast bob a lot in that email much shorter but a lot in <laughs> it
0: bob i appreciate yeah. it and again much like i said to veronica it means a lot that you listen to the podcast so much i'm Fascinated by the fact that you've been listening for to, to it to for 30 days straight and you're not yet sick of myself or Graham. So that's a that's a positive note. But yeah, I suppose like with that email and appreciate it again, Bob, for even highlighting it. It's a good reminder to keep an eye on your insulin because insulin can and will expire after a certain period of time. Also be mindful of insulin going bad in different temperatures. And I know obviously we've worked with, for our families specifically around insulin coolers, insulin cases that keep your insulin cool when you're traveling, but even just day to day, it should be kept uh, like chilled in the fridge essentially. And generally speaking, I'm fairly sure, I obviously don't know the exact days, but usually your insulin is going to stay Let's, let's say, stay usable for up to 30 days at room temperature. But generally speaking, after that, it will likely go bad. So try and keep it chilled as much as you can. And yeah, Bob, I appreciate it. It's just a, a good reminder. But also do your own research in the sense of like, what insulin are you taking? What temperature are you keeping it at? Just so it doesn't go bad. And it, like, as important as that is, for me, it's even more important if you're in somewhere like the United States, where you're probably paying a lot of money for your supplies and your insulin. Yep. So, please make sure it doesn't go bad because it's a uh, look, that's a whole other topic, a whole other conversation, the, the cost of insulin in the States. But it's just a good
1: reminder to please make sure your insulin does not go bad. Love it. Thank you very much. And if you want to send an email, we do love hearing from you. It's so good because, you know, myself and own we can chat to each other and own chats to guests, but we actually hear from people who listen to the podcast and get stuff out of it. I think it, It gives me a boost anyway, hearing the positivity from the podcast. So we love hearing from you. The Insulin Podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or any observations or things that you have learned that you would like to share just like Bob did with uh, insulin expiration. Owen, thank you so much. Pleasure as always chatting to you from one side of the world to the other. Absolutely, Graham. Pleasure as always. And just to reiterate what you've said,
0: if you listen to the podcast, if you have a question, a thought, a story, let us know. There's no email that we've ever gotten where me and Graham read it and think, why did this person send this email? It's irrelevant because everything is relevant because you live or have an experience with type 1 diabetes. And he, as Graham said, you hear hear from me, you hear from Graeme, you hear from our guests, but also It's massively valuable to hear from each other because you're in a strange sort of way connecting to other listeners when you share Mm. your stories so let us know email us we do not bite and have a good week look after your blood sugars we'll chat to you soon take it easy